Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Welcome to the Eric Erickson Show podcast, Hour One. Hello, America. Welcome. It is Eric Erickson here across the nation. The phone number, 877-973-7425. Should you wish to be on the phone number, hope you guys had a great weekend. It's cold where I am in middle Georgia all of a sudden. I wore shorts to my office today. I'm like, I should have. I'm cold. In any event, not that you care. Uh, can I just say it was my uh, 23rd anniversary this weekend, and I am continually amazed my wife puts up with me. <laughs> but she does. We had a good weekend. I hope you did. All right, we got to get into the fight over the speaker. Um, we'll get to all the other news, but th- this is kind of the big one. Um, okay, the Speaker of the House fight will occur tomorrow. An amazing number of individuals who said absolutely not, they would never vote for Jim Jordan as speaker, are suddenly coming on board for Jim Jordan. Uh, Kevin McCarthy is rallying the troops for Jim Jordan, uh, which makes some conservatives a little suspicious about what's going on here. A friend of mine says he thinks that uh, Jordan has agreed he would hire a lot of McCarthy's staff. Jordan himself has never been someone with a with a huge staff. He has a small group of advisors who are very loyal to him who will come, but he will need more. This is Kevin McCarthy on Fox. So let's talk about the, spe- uh, the speaker. There's going to be a vote today. Should there be? It won't be today. It'll be tomorrow. Uh, we'll go to the floor. I, I feel very good about where Jim Jordan is at. Uh, he-, he has been an integral part of, of our team when we took the majority, helping us get the majority. The real challenge here is, and I know a lot of people out there are afraid that will Republicans break off and go work with Democrats. The only reason anybody's even talking about that is because eight Republican members worked with every single Democrat to remove me from speaker and put us into this tailspin. And all based upon keeping government open. Brian, think for one moment as we talk about what's happening around the world. Could you imagine those American troops on those aircraft carriers or in those planes that are sitting over there, that they would have missed their first paycheck this week, that they're right. trying to defend the freedom and wondering if their loved ones can pay the rent or they're going to pay their car payment? I mean, this is what's so absurd about all this, that a few eight people worked with every single Democrat to make a political decision here to disrupt America. That's where we have to have be a little calmer, show the leadership and come together and put America back on the right foot. I personally didn't think you were going to be ousted. And they did that. So if they're not able to get to 217 with Jim Jordan, uh, Democrats are beginning to seriously entertain the notion of enabling Speaker Pro uh, Tempore Patrick McHenry to take over for a short period of time. Would you back that? Uh, You know, I appointed um, 
Patrick McHenry, because after 9-11, it was a new procedure. You want the continuity of government to work. He should already have that authority. Congress should be able to be moving forward, because a speaker doesn't change the outcome of a vote, doesn't the bills come through committees. And while we're electing a new speaker, Patrick McHenry should be able to have the continuity of government right. working right now. It was the Democrats who fought to keep Patrick McHenry from having the authority in the first place. There you have it. That's Kevin McCarthy. To understand the dynamics of Jim Jordan, who I think would be a great speaker, I mean, I wanted Jim Jordan and not Paul Ryan, you need to understand several dynamics that are at stake here uh, as to what he's doing and got to do, and a lot of it is working the phones. He's got to make a lot of phone calls. So let, let's, let, let me go through the concerns. Number one, one of the concerns is some of the members of the House Republican Conference are concerned that Jordan would be Donald Trump's man in the House. He's been a very vocal defender of Donald Trump the whole way through. He's leading the impeachment investigation into Joe Biden. Uh, and the House Republicans want their guy, not Donald Trump's guy. You do have to understand the institutionalism at stake here. And it is institutionalism. They pride themselves on being a House of Congress within the first branch of government, Article 1. They want someone who will not just be the Republicans guy, but the House's guy. And Jordan is perceived as being a Donald Trump guy. So you've got to allay those concerns in order to make sure that uh, Jim Jordan reflects he'll be the House Speaker, not Donald Trump Speaker. He does have to do that institutionally with some of these guys. Another issue is fundraising, and I suspect this one is where he's making a lot of gain with Kevin McCarthy's help. Uh, Jordan has never been a prolific fundraiser. There are a number of members of Congress who wanted Jordan on the campaign trail for them in the past. He did not appear for them, and they, they've, they've held that against him. He's got to be able to show them that he can raise money for them. Ultimately, the Speaker of the House is the leader of, the, of whichever party is in charge of the House. And his number one job is like a college president. A college president's job is not to run a university so much as it is to fundraise for the university. The Speaker of the House's job is not so much to run the House as it is to raise money for his colleagues running for office. And Kevin McCarthy was a prolific fundraiser. Paul Ryan and John Boehner before him were both prolific fundraisers. McCarthy has some of the deepest fundraising ties. Now, I think this one is the easiest for Jordan to do because, one, he's got Kevin McCarthy on his side. Two, a lot of Kevin McCarthy's donors are donors to the establishment. There's no more establishment Republican than the Speaker of the House who presides over the Republicans. They're not going to suddenly stop giving money to the Republicans with Jim Jordan being speaker instead of Kevin McCarthy. But Jordan also has his own pool of fundraising that McCarthy could never tap into. Jordan is a leader of the conservative movement in the country, and the conservative movement is deeply suspicious of the establishment Republicans. They're not suspicious of Jordan. They like Jim Jordan. So Jordan, if anything, I think has the potential to expand the fundraising base that Kevin McCarthy had. He builds on what McCarthy had and expands it into the conservative movement. The third issue is a more delicate issue, and that is the outside conservative pressure campaign for Jordan. Now, I think it's worked to some degree. You look at someone like Mike Rogers of Alabama. Rogers of Alabama 
floated last week the idea of working with Democrats on a speaker. He said there's no way that he would support Jim Jordan. Ann Wagner of Missouri came out last week, and her exact quote was, no way in hell will I vote for Jim Jordan. That was her quote. She is now folded. I think the outside conservative campaign, if it's done right, works. However, I think Dan Crenshaw, Republican of Texas, had some merit in saying that uh, these pressure campaigns tend to blow up in the pressure campaign face. That's been my experience with him as well. Uh, It's been my experience because the Republicans in the House are not independent people, but they like to pretend to be independent people. And the best way to pretend to be an independent person is to stand up to the conservative pressure campaigns. However, there are ways for these campaigns to work. They've gotten more effective over time by rallying constituents. See, it doesn't do good for you. Let's just say... Uh, let, let me pick you. You're, you're up in Connecticut right now. You're listening in Connecticut. You're in Bridgeport, Connecticut, and you support Jim Jordan for speaker. You find out that Mike Rogers, congressman from Alabama, has said there's no way I will ever vote for Jim Jordan. So what you do is you from Connecticut call Mike Rogers staff and you say, hey, my name is John Smith. And I am very upset that Mike Rogers won't vote for Jim Jordan. And conservative group X told me this, and I want Mike Rogers to know that he needs to support Jim Jordan. So the staffer on the phone will say, John Smith, where are you calling from? And you'll say Bridgeport, Connecticut, and they will laugh and hang up the phone because you can neither vote for nor against Mike Rogers in Alabama. Where these conservative campaigns shine, where they become brilliant, is you get a 1,000 people from Mike Rogers' district in Alabama to call Mike Rogers' office and say, we will primary you if you don't support Jim Jordan. Suddenly, it's people from Mike Rogers' district, and they are upset with Mike Rogers. Mike Rogers gets scared because Mike Rogers is in it for Mike Rogers. Mike Rogers wants the power of being in Congress. And Mike Rogers suddenly realizes, uh, I may lose a primary if I don't back Jim Jordan. So Mike Rogers came out after saying last week he would support the Democrats over Jim Jordan. They would come up with a compromise plan for a Republican speaker with compromises to the Democrats. And I was like, never mind, forget I ever said that. I'm for Jim Jordan. He agreed with me on certain things. That's really not the truth. Behind the scenes, Mike Rogers and his bad toupee is seething over Jim Jordan, uh, but he knows because he's been lit up so bad by conservatives in a district, he's got to fold. And so he's folded with resentment, and Jim Jordan will have to keep his eye on where Mike Rogers is and be careful not to get knifed in the back by him at a later date. Now, there is a fourth issue for Jim Jordan, fourth issue, and that is there. he can only lose four. He can only lose four Republicans. And there is a level of concern that you may have eight to 10 Republicans who say, no, we cannot reward Matt Gates and Nancy Mace and all these others. We, we can't do it. We can't reward them. They ousted Kevin McCarthy because they secretly wanted Jim Jordan to give them Jim Jordan would be to reward them. We can't do it. We can't support them. We're done. If Jim Jordan can work on the fundraising, 
and assure them he's not Trump's guy and have Kevin McCarthy work on him too. McCarthy's in this to help Jordan. He may be able to negate that and become speaker tomorrow. Now there's a fifth issue you do need to know about. This one really doesn't impact Jordan's bid for the speakership. It impacts him if he becomes speaker. The longest serving Republican Speaker of the House since they took back Congress in 1994 was a man named Denny Hastert, who presided through uh, much of the early 2000s to 2006. Denny Hastert's a convicted pedophile. He's in prison now. The uh, abuse on boys happened long before he was Speaker of the House, years before. But it didn't come to light until later. He was convicted after having served as Speaker of the House, and he's now in prison. Jim Jordan is accused of uh, turning a blind eye towards sexual abuse allegations. He was a wrestling assistant wrestling coach at Ohio State. And the doctor, the, the team's doctor, sexually abused a number of young men. Several of them came forward and said that Jim Jordan, the assistant coach, and the, the actual wrestling coach knew what was going on, and they turned a blind eye to it. It was investigated by a law firm named Perkins Coey, who had long, deep ties to the Democratic Party. Jordan was already in the House Freedom Caucus leader by the time this happened, and they, they suggested that he might have known and did nothing. Multiple wrestlers during Jordan's tenure came forward and said, absolutely not, this is not true. Jim Jordan would have said something had he known. He did not know. He had a number of the wrestlers backed him up, but then some of them said they went to him and told him, and he did nothing. It's a he said versus he said argument. You know and I know the Democrats and the press are going to eviscerate Jim Jordan over this. It's, it's old news. It's been it's been looked at it's ad nauseum. He's had wrestlers come out in his favor and in his defense. And I think the response is that Jim Jordan's a man of character and honor, and he had plenty of wrestlers come forward and say the allegations against him are not true. And the voters of Ohio weighed the allegations and returned him repeatedly to Congress since then so we can move on. I think that's the response that Republicans need to have. The voters of Ohio weighed the allegations. They rejected them and returned Jim Jordan to Congress, and a number of the wrestlers on the team came forward and said the allegations against Jordan are not true. I think that's the defense. I think you got to make that defense. But you know and I know if he gets elected speaker, that's what we're in for. And so some of those Republicans may refuse to vote for him because of that. But overall, I think it's money and the idea that he's Trump's guy. And he has spent uh, 72 hours making phone calls, trying to connect with these people, trying to assure them he's got Kevin McCarthy on his side. It looks like Jim Jordan may be able to pull it off tomorrow, but he can only lose four votes. We got 24 hours until the House Republicans convene to try to find a new speaker. If it's not Jordan, the process descends into further chaos which actually helps Jim Jordan. Hello there, it is Eric Erickson here. The phone number is 877-973-7425 should you wish to be on the program. Uh, we'll get to your phone calls here shortly and Congressman Chip Roy is going to join me as well to talk about the speaker fight. Now, I gotta also real quick say this is, this is uh, there's a lot of conversation out there today about this. The Wall Street Journal, several other groups have 
newspaper uh, articles about this. It's been on CNBC, and I want you to know we'll get into the Israel situation here a little bit after after the speaker fight and some of the other news that's out there. But I am really fascinated by the story about workers who are striking back over not returning to the office. I spent more than a decade working out of my house, and I finally have an office that I do my show out of near my house. So I don't have to drive the hour into the main studio every day. I just go 10 minutes from my house and do it, do the show, and then I mentally check out when I get home. I, after a decade of working from home, I have very much enjoyed having an office. But a lot of people after COVID started working out of their houses. They've convinced themselves they're more productive at home. There's a lot of conflicting data as to whether or not people are. But companies are trying to get employees to come back to work, and employees have refused And they've had a jobs market that benefited them so they could say, listen, if you try to get me back to the office, I'm going to quit. But as we head into an economic slowdown, I'm not sure that setup continues to benefit workers. And employers are laying in wait, waiting for an economic slowdown so that they can force people back to the office. And part of it is, too, they got all this empty office space they're paying rent on. Uh, They want to get their bang for their buck. It's going to have cascading effects in the economy if they don't get people to return to their offices. And some of these compromise solutions of work three days at home, two days at work, vice versa, aren't really working for anybody. It's going to be very interesting to see how this shakes up. Now, I got to tell you about the Eden Pure Thunderstorm 3-pack. The Eden Pure Thunderstorm, it's an air purifier, so it traps dust and pollen. It also gets rid of bad odors. It gets rid of pet odors like litter box odors. It gets rid of smoke odors. It gets rid of cooking odors. It gets rid of musty odors. And you can hold this thing in the palm of your hand, which is fantastic. It's small, but it packs a wallet. I've been in hotels where they use these, where the hotel had fireplace. They want to get rid of the fireplace smoky smell. It works. I use it when I travel. I put it in my bag, take it with me. I've used it in rental cars to wipe out the smells of someone who smoked in the rental car before I got there. Uh, It just works. You can plug it up with a USB cord or you can plug it into the wall. You can go to EdenPureDeals.com. That's the website, EdenPureDeals.com. And you put in my name, Eric, E-R-I-C-K, as the discount code, EdenPureDeals.com. Put in Eric. You get three of them for less than $200. You're saving $200 and you get free shipping. All you do, EdenPureDeals.com. You put in my name, Eric, E-R-I-C-K. You get an incredible deal with Eden Pure Thunderstorm 1 for upstairs, downstairs, your basement, your RV, your travel bag, wherever you need them. EdenPureDeals.com. The discount code is Eric. Welcome. It is Eric Erickson here. The phone number, 877-973-7425, should you wish to be a part of the program. There is some troubling news we have to deal with uh, regarding the border. Uh, two Iranians on the terror list were detained at the border. Uh, Griff Jenkins at Fox News has the information. Uh, he put it on Twitter a short time ago, uh, and it does appear that two Iranians uh, were caught. Um, they were on the terror screening database raising red flags about the time that the uh, leader of the, the head of the FBI says we may have some concerns we will get to all of that here shortly, but joining me by phone, a great friend of mine, the congressman from Texas, Chip Roy, here to talk about the latest Travis Kelsey Taylor Swift news out there. Chip, how are you? 
Yeah, if that's what you want me to talk about, then uh, this is going to be a very short conversation, <laughs> my man. <laughs> No, okay, look, I, I, I want to get actually to this this news from Griff Jenkins at Fox News and, and ambush you with you a little bit before we get into Jordan, because uh, Customs and Border Patrol sources are telling Fox News at least two known instances of Iranians apprehended at the border hitting the terrorist screening database, raising red flags. There could be a security threat um, headed into this country. It, it just, we keep saying, I know you do, that it's a national security issue, but that just keeps seeming to fall on deaf ears with the Democrats. Yeah, no, Eric, that's exactly right. If you give a little bit of background noise, I'm driving my Jeep to the airport, so it's a little noisy. But look, um, we've been talking about this for a long time. We've been talking about the national security threat. The numbers have been going exponentially up uh, during the Biden administration in terms of people who are people who are known to be uh, on terrorist watch lists or from countries that are state sponsors of terror. Um, yeah, my Democrat colleagues will say, "Oh, well, a lot of those are Colombians that are, you know, that's FARC and, and things that are there. That's not. Well, hold on a second. As if that's not troubling enough, right? As if that's not concerning. As if the cartels aren't concerning. Now we have people coming in from Iran." Uh, we had some people from Lebanon and Iran a couple nights ago. Uh, we've got real concerns. And by the way, there are, there are roughly a million and a half known gotaways that we don't know who they are or where they're from. We have people that are getting scattered all over this country. The Inspector General DHS reported there were 177,000 people over the course of 15 months that gave false addresses. And they gave repeat addresses. It's a, it's a system. So we don't know where they are. We don't know often who they are. And look, Eric, if 99% of the people who have been released or cutaways are just hardworking people wanting a better life, look, we all say as Christians, God bless them. I don't blame them for wanting to come here. But if 1% of them are dangerous individuals, criminals, terrorists, cartel members, gang members, that's a real problem for our national security. And that's on the Biden administration. And frankly, it's on Republicans who for too long have been complicit, and we're calling their bluff. And frankly, that's, that's what's going on in the speaker's fight, is they're tired of us calling their bluff, and we're shining a light on a broken system. Yeah, so let's get to the speaker's fight here. I, I, I know from, from the, the talks I've had with, with, with different members of your colleagues that the real concerns behind the scenes, there are a couple of them who are like, well, we can't let Matt Gates win, but but most of them are, can he raise the money? Is he going to be our guy or is he going to be Trump's guy? And it sounds like he's worked the phones for 72 hours now, and, and you've got Mike Rogers suddenly on board who said he would never vote for him, and Wagner is suddenly on board. She said she'd never vote for him. It, it looks like he's he's closing the deal down to like the last half dozen or so members of the of the Republican conference. That's about where it seems like, Eric. Uh, you know, I don't have an exact head count, but my gut tells me we're somewhere south of 10 who are still being uh, recalcitrant. And look, I'm not going to cast aspersions to any of my colleagues who aren't there yet. Uh, some of them are still smarting from their own friendship with Kevin, or they don't like what the eight did to vacate. And so we're working through that. Look, at some point here, whether you like it or not, you got to figure out a way to have 221 who can unite to beat the and I think Jim is uniquely situated to do that. We've been at war with the establishment for over a decade. It has taken a while to get where we need to go. And you and I agree on a lot of this. I mean, go back to 10 years ago, right now, we were just winding up the Obamacare shutdown fight when I was Ted Cruz's chief of staff. We were doing that with a rump group in a basement in a townhouse under the, under the bottom of Tortilla Coast on Capitol Hill. We were having to fight like you know, all over the 
through the trenches of, of uh, you know, online uh, media. And, and, you know, you know full well from your time at Red State. And then that ultimately resulted in the founding of the Freedom Caucus. And then ultimately, Donald Trump came in here into D.C. to blow up the swamp or drain the swamp and, and did a lot of that. And then did, did a lot of stuff that didn't do that. And so now here we sit and we have a lot of people in the Freedom Caucus, a lot of conservatives who have come in and said, enough, we're going to change it. And now we have the chance to put a real conservative that the grassroots will trust and believe in at the, in the chair of the speaker and to be able to work across the entire Republican conference to get things done. Now, a little, a little warning shot here. If we're successful, it would be an enormous, enormous victory. But we will all have to have a little grace to figure out how to give Jim some rope to lead. Right. Um, and that means we're going to have to figure out how to do that through a CR fight, through Israel, through Ukraine, through border, and figure out how to win this fight over the next year so we can build the majority and beat, beat Biden and the Democrats. Yeah, okay, I'm glad you said that because th- this is something within the conservative movement I, I, I think we have to grapple with that – uh, we get someone in leadership, and you do have moderate Republicans, Republicans in swing districts who can't necessarily vote the way you or I may prefer them to. They they fear losing losing their election if they do. And if we get somebody who we know his heart is right and his worldview is right, we're going to have to let him give him a little grace to be able to to figure out a path forward that that keeps us united. Uh, within the Republican Party as well. And and I don't know that that's an easy task, but I think it's one that Jordan probably can do better than most. Well, and I think that's the most important part, right? Like, if anybody can do it, Jim can do it. And we're going to have to work together. I mean, the first step is to work really hard over the next 24 hours to make very clear that Jim is the right guy at the right time to bring us together to beat Biden. Again, let's be very clear. What we're seeing unfold in terms of inflation and energy costs, Biden and the Democrats, what we're seeing unfold in terms of open borders and worrying about terrorists or watching fentanyl kill our kids or little girls getting sold in the sex trafficking trade, Joe Biden and the Democrats. What we're seeing unfold in Israel, because we weren't doing enough to uh, shape what was going on in the Middle East and our own policies of appeasement with Iran, Joe Biden and the Democrats. If we want to end these things, if we want to get our country back, then we've got to have conservatives win and we've got to have conservatives making decisions. We've been working hard for this moment. Let's unite right now and let's get in behind Jim. You know, I remember the famous uh, Bush push uh, with Matt Leiner in USC game. I think it was USC mm-hmm. Notre Dame like 15 years ago. Let's get in behind Jim and let's push. And look, we're going to hold him accountable. We're, I want people to hold me accountable. Um, we've got to, but here's the thing. This is the American people against the swamp. We're tired of the swamp winning. It's time for the American people to win. There is no perfect politician. There is no perfect policy. What there is are people willing to stand up and fight. I get called a rhino because I didn't agree with the motion to vacate play. I don't give a damn. Call me a rhino. Doesn't matter. I was doing what I thought was right. I get called crazy because I was part of the 20. I don't give a damn. I was doing what I thought was right. We've got to work together now to try to advance conservatism as a team so that we can get our country back, Eric. Amen. Um, look, you know, I, I, people have this this mythology built up. I mean, frankly, you go back to 1994 with, with Newt, um, towards the end of his tenure there, it was the moderate Republicans who were trying to prop up his speakership. It was the conservatives 
who wanted a replacement. You had the, the moderates got us Boehner, the moderates got us Hastert, the moderates got us Paul Ryan, the moderates got us Kevin McCarthy. This is really like the first time where conservatives have been able to lead a real conservative a House Freedom Caucus founder, no less, to the speaker's chair. If we can pull that off, I think that's a really big deal. It's an enormous deal. And um, again, I, I, I think people got to remember the context here of what's going on. We have the opportunity to put, a, as you put it, a Freedom Caucus founder, solid conservative, with a really strong voting record, um, in the speaker's chair. Now, that, as I said before, that comes with some questions, right? I don't really relish a CR that funds the Department of Homeland Security that is refusing to secure the border. But I got to sit down with a hopefully future Speaker Jim Jordan and say, okay, what's your strategy, right? He'll, if he takes the chair, he'll take it tomorrow or Wednesday or Thursday. We got to build up a strategy in order to succeed. Um, I was willing to give Kevin grace and gave him a lot of grace in the spring, trying to figure out how to get sorted out. And guess what? We got conservatives on the appropriations committee, conservatives on the rules committee, conservatives on a lot of good stuff done. We now need to finish it. Um, the, the swamp kind of bit back in the debt deal, and and uh, you know we we need to get back on track. And I think Jim's the right guy to do that, so we can thwart the Biden agenda. I hope so. Hey, look, before you get out of here, uh, I want to ask you one more question. Uh, I, I know you're you're a uh, you like DeSantis for 2024. I, remarkable yep. that he not not Joe Biden or anyone else was able to get 300 Americans on a plane out of Israel, no cost to them. And meanwhile, the president of the United States is telling people they got to reimburse the government if they if the government gets them out of Israel. Kind of a remarkable contrast there. Look, um, I support Ron DeSantis unequivocally, uh, unapologetically. He is a good man. Here's the most important part. He is a leader who gets things done. He doesn't bat an eye. He doesn't think twice. He points. He shoots in the direction that needs to be shot. And he is an exceptional executive in Florida. We saw that unfold during the hurricanes. You see what he does when he takes command and control. And that's precisely what we need, someone who can serve for eight years. And we need someone, by the way, who can win a mandate, who can win overwhelmingly. We don't need to be counting votes in Maricopa County. We don't need to be counting votes in Fulton County. We don't need to be counting votes in, in Dade. Like, we need to know that we're going to win. We need to be winning, like, as Ron DeSantis did, by a million and a half votes in Florida. He is a strong conservative and a, and a strong leader. And, man, can you imagine the United States returning back to where we need to be with him at the helm? Uh, doing what he's been doing in Florida and what you just described him doing there and uh, getting people out of Israel, man, that would be such a great thing for our kids and grandkids. It would. Well, look, I, I got to leave it there. Next time I'll get you to weigh in on Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift. <laughs> oh, man. Well, then we're not going to be talking for a while, brother. <laughs> <laughs> look, always good to have you. My best to the family. Christy says hey, hi, by the way. She's yours. texting me and says to tell you hi. Yeah, well, tell her that I'll look forward to talking to the real conservative in the family soon. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Take care. Safe travels. Chip Roy, congressman from Texas. Good friend as well. Um, just he's, he's such a good guy. Great conservative leader in Washington, D.C. I would not wish the speakership on him at all, but he sure would be good. Um, but I'll take Jim Jordan. That's encouraging. Jordan looks like he's got less than a dozen holdouts. He may be able to get him. He can only lose four. Now, I got to tell you, I don't want you to hold out uh, stamps.com. Uh, you need to get to stamps.com, as a matter of fact, because... They, my friends, can save you money with the holiday rush coming. Listen, if you're a small business in particular and you got to do a lot of shipping, I do this with Stamps.com. I've done this for a long time. All you need is a computer and a printer. You can even use your phone. 
It works. You manage orders with a mobile app. You schedule package pickups. You connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. You get huge carrier discounts up to 84% off the post office and UPS rates. You automatically find the cheapest and fastest shipping options. You get access to the post office and UPS services you need from your computer or your mobile device anytime, day or night. I literally have, I, I bought a little printer. Its sole purpose is to print shipping labels. And I connect it to stamps.com. I can schedule, do I want the fastest package delivery or do I want the cheapest? I can get them to come to my office or my house and pick up the package so I never have to go stand in line. And if I do go, because it's already weighed and labeled, I can just take it up to the front and drop it off. I don't have to wait. It's fantastic. It saves you so much time. Over a million businesses, a million businesses use stamps.com. Sign up today. Use code Eric, my name, for a special offer. You get a four-week trial, free postage, free digital scale. You do not have a long-term contract to sign. I didn't. You don't. You do not have a contract to sign. You don't have a long-term commitment. You go to stamps.com. You click on the microphone, and you put in Eric, E-R-I-C-K, stamps.com. Click on the microphone, put in Eric. You get the free digital scale, free postage, a four-week trial, no long-term commitment, no contract. It is so worth it, particularly if you're a small business with the holidays coming, you got a lot of shipping to do. Stamps.com saves you money and saves you time. Stamps.com, microphone, put in Eric. This is the program brought to you by First Liberty Building and Loan. They're in Noonan, Georgia, but it doesn't matter if you're in California, Maine, Florida, Oregon, Washington, Hawaii, Alaska. They can help your business. If you're a U.S.-based business, they can help your business grow. If you're buying a building, if you're building a building, if you need a franchise, you're buying a franchise, expanding a franchise, buying out a business competitor. Those are the sorts of deals they do. You want $250,000 or more? Well, let First Liberty help you. They make their own lending decisions. So if your lenders are giving you the runaround, reach out to them. FirstLibertyGA.com. FirstLibertyGA.com. Tell them I sent you. Have you heard about Ecuador? I I, I realize I, I, I because of the way I grew up, uh, I pay attention to a lot of international news. But I'm really fascinated by what's happening in the Western Hemisphere is a lot of countries that leaned left for a number of years. They've gotten taken over by gangs and gang violence. Ecuador is one of those countries. And Daniel Noboa is 35 years old. He's a successful businessman. His father ran for president five times and lost his family, very wealthy family from Ecuador. Ecuador has such gang violence now. Families literally stay in their houses and limit their time out of their home. Uh, to go grocery shopping, to go to work, things like that. They limit it. They try to work from home. It, the the country has descended into gangland violence in every corner of it. And people are so fed up. They've been left-leaning for so long. They had enough. This guy is is on the right, right-winger and tough on crime. And he, is to, he has won the election in Ecuador. We're seeing this happen, uh, what we saw it happen in El Salvador. It looks like it could happen in Argentina. Crime is a big issue. There are parallels to this country. You can only go so far in this country, but there are some parallels as crime in this country continues to get out of control. So much of the media in this country ignores crime in this country. And now, like what I was talking about with Congressman Roy, we've got this border situation where two Iranians on the terror list were captured. We have more than a million individuals we know of who crossed the border unaccounted for. We don't know who they are. We know they crossed. Border Patrol couldn't detain them. We could have sleeper cells. We literally could have sleeper cells in this country. It's something the left has said was a conspiracy theory, except now you've got the head of the FBI, Robert Ray, warning about this. In this 
heightened environment. There's no question we're seeing an increase in reported threats, and we've got to be on the lookout, especially for lone actors who may take inspiration from recent events to commit violence of their own. So I'd encourage you to stay vigilant because as the first line of defense protecting our communities, you're often the first to see the signs that someone may be mobilizing to violence. I'd also ask you to continue sharing any intelligence or observations you may have. And on our end, we're committed to doing the same so that together we can safeguard our communities. Y'all, the Biden administration has made us very vulnerable on our southern border. It is not alarmism to discuss it. The left wants you to believe it's alarmism. It's really not. It's reality. Uh, We have had people crossing our border at obscene rates. We don't know who many of them are. They've been coming in from the Bahamas on speedboats, jumping, leaving their boats on the beach in Florida. And now we've got this destabilization in the Middle East. It, it's something you gotta you gotta be concerned. You really do have to be concerned about it, whether you want to be or not. And the Democrats scream about it and tell you you're a conspiracy theorist. And now you got Robert Ray out there, or Christopher Ray, the uh, head of the FBI, saying we, we we got concerns. We should have concerns. Be vigilant out there. Pay attention. Keep your eyes open. When we come back, I want to talk about the situation in Israel. It, it continues to deteriorate. Now you got a lot of people talking about proportionality and the, the rules of war and the proportionality of war. Uh, what they're talking about is they're pulling it out of their rectum. There's actually a, a real theory of proportionality in war that all these people are mischaracterizing. I would like to engage with you on this particular issue and explain to you what exactly is going on and what we can see in the days and weeks ahead as Israel responds to try to wipe out Hamas after what they did. If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com slash boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. 